0: So you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, back then uh, I was watching every move that the ring, every time the ring went off, I was watching it. I don't do that anymore. We have too many properties to do that with. But back then, I remember the end of this guest visit, um, I watched them sweep the front stairs and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no way. This guest is going to leave our house a mess if he's worried about the sand on the outside front steps. So I I remember calling, Julia, Julia, Julia. he's sweeping the front steps. And uh, sure enough, he was a fabulous guest. We walked in after he left and checked on the property and he had left us a handwritten note. And, you know, right then and there, I think we both looked at each other and said, yeah, this is what we wanted to do. Um, And I think, honestly, feel like something we probably have been groomed for our whole lives. Now, with that said, I will say this. I totally believe in my heart that anyone can do this.
1: Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business savvy daughter, Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags. Let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter
0: Floyd. Hi, welcome everyone to the very first episode of Superhost Unveiled. In a very short amount of time, we've gone from one investment property to now managing over 20 vacation rentals in the heart of the White Mountains, our dream location. We wanna help you shorten your learning curve from learning from our mistakes to also what we've done right and what we're doing right right now. We're still on our journey, but we are looking to help you along yours. So let me introduce my partner in crime, my co-host, Hannah Plord.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: How's your day going?
1: It's good. I'm excited that we're finally doing this podcast. You know, we've talked about it for a really long time. It's been in the planning stages, and now we're finally sitting down to do it.
0: Yes, I agree. Super excited to be here.
1: So, for our first episode, we thought it'd be best to give you a little snapshot of our story and how we've gotten here and what our experience has been. So, I'm actually going to interview my dad, Peter, during this episode and really just dive into his journey, and the whole reason why we're sitting here today. So first up, let's give the audience a quick snapshot of your last year.
0: Sure. So yeah, we we invested in a vacation or rental up here, which was totally my wife Julia's idea. Um, when the idea came, it probably took from start to finish to getting the property at least six, maybe eight months. And during as soon as we decided, hey, this is what we want to do, I just went all in on learning. And I, learned, I listened to every podcast I could get my hands on, every YouTube video, all the gurus out there. And to be honest, when I first started to listen, a lot of these people – we're telling, we're telling a story of managing a vacation rental that was far away from where you live from a geography standpoint. And that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking, all right, let's go find a hotspot. Maybe it's Colorado, maybe it's Las Vegas, maybe it's Florida, maybe it's Orlando next to Disney. I, I, I started to do some research around that and would bring those ideas back to Julia. And she's like, are you crazy? How are we gonna do that? Who's gonna clean them? Who's gonna manage them? Something goes wrong. What are you gonna do? And she was the voice of reason through that whole thing. And she said, what about North Conway, New Hampshire? It's a beautiful place. We've been coming up there for 30 years. We love it up there. Uh, It's a a uh, four-season resort town. Um, And she kind of planted that seed of that. And uh, and then she didn't do anything with it. And we kind of just let it go. But I, I... as that was happening, I was really just learning all there was to learn about being successful at this business.
1: yeah, so you listen to a lot of podcasts and YouTube videos, right? Any other things that really helped you educate yourself on the topic?
0: Yeah, I mean, blogs, you know, websites, any any data I could get my hands on, I, I was all in. I wanted to know how to handle a guest first visit, how to set up. A successful house. What does that feel like? What does that look like? Um, You know, I've been in the hospitality business my whole entire life. I had a full-time job. I was very um, pretty successful managing a bunch of restaurants. Um, And we're kind of just thinking at this point, like, what do we do when we want? You know, in retirement, you know, yeah, we have some money put away in the stock market, um, but you know that that doesn't really give you a lot of control. And um, we wanted to diversify that, and we wanted to make sure that we could have some income coming in um, when we didn't have a job anymore. Um, I thought at the time, you know, it was probably 10 or 15 years away from retirement. But uh, little did I know that fast forward um, less than 12 months, I would be retired and uh, doing this full time. It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how fast things can change and your dreams start coming to fruition um so what you said a little bit like talking about you didn't want to invest in stocks because you wanted more control but what made you think to invest in another rental property have you invested in real estate before
0: yeah you know what's funny is we we mean julia and i my wife uh, we never stayed in an airbnb or well i shouldn't say that we stayed in a friend's once um so we did stay in one but i never booked one before so um yeah we own we own some long term uh, rental property back in the early 2000s probably had about 30 doors uh 30 apartment um multiple buildings um and i hated it i really didn't like anything about it i didn't like the way the property was left by the by the tenant i didn't like you know, I had I had to go to court. I had to um, basically one 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 tenant. I had to pay to leave um, over sixteen hundred dollars in back rent. I but I basically paid her an extra, I think four or five hundred dollars just to get out um, because that's how the laws were. We were living in Massachusetts at the time, and um, so the whole experience really just didn't feel good. It wasn't my thing. Um, did not want to be a landlord. Uh, so. Not really a good answer to your question. So, how did this happen? You know, I think we felt because of our hospitality and our restaurant background that a lot of those um, strengths uh, we could take them and apply them here and be successful. We didn't know for sure, we didn't have any clue, but we knew that we were, you know, if we bought the right place in the right location, and when you walked in, you felt like you could create memories with your family then that recipe would be a successful recipe and that's what we went on and and you know our you know when we did this we knew that if if worse came to worse what would happen we would have to long-term rent it and i know i just said i don't want to do that but if we had to we could cover mortgage and expenses if we had to long-term rent it so we, we felt pretty safe, and we could cover the cost if if we didn't rent it at all. So we weren't under this pressure of like, oh my God, I have to make this amount of money, which which really frees you up to to explore and to take some chances and do some things um, without that pressure of like, I got to book it, I got to have ninety percent occupancy. For example, you know, we didn't feel that.
1: Yeah, that's incredible, and. For those of you that maybe don't have that money sitting aside, we are going to be talking a bit about um, co-hosting and doing that as an option instead of making the huge investment, but that's going to be a little bit further on in the podcast. Um, So speaking about, you said you didn't have any pressure or you didn't really feel um, like you had to get bookings in, you had to do this. Um, What were your goals? Did you set any milestones for yourself before accepting your first guest?
0: I didn't set a single goal. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? If, if you were to ask me what would I do different, um, that would be one of them. I would have a what-if plan. And my what-if plan would be, okay, Let's say you fall in love with this thing and you really want to you want to kill it, you want to grow it. Then what if? What does it look like at 10 units, 15, 20, 100, whatever the number is, whatever your plan is. What if it goes in that direction? You need a plan for that. It doesn't have to be like, you know, this very elaborate thing, you can scribble it on a notepad, but you should have a plan in case that happens. What if you just want to have 3? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What do you need to execute that at a very high level? I knew that we wanted to be great at this. Like I, I knew, like I wanted to be a super host with ever, and I didn't even know really how to do that yet. Um, I knew I wanted, you know, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to get five-star reviews. I wanted all those things. I wanted to create a great guest experience. That's what's the foundation of it all. So um, yeah, I, w- I would make sure if you're, you know don't have a property yet and you're just starting out have a what if plan. What if this goes this way? What if it goes a different way? Um, and, and have plans for each this just in case because you don't know what's going to happen until you kind of get into it.
1: Yeah, and that's a really great strategy to um, use if you're just nervous about anything and all. So if you're making an investment, think about what if it gets really successful? What am I going to do? And if you can think about the opposite as well, what if it goes not as planned? What will I do? And that kind of just helps you, you know, feel more secure in your decision if you end up making the decision. Um, so, now that you you bought the property in north conway how was that process was it difficult you know is it any different than just buying your own home
0: so what's funny is that you know mom and i didn't really talk about what kind of property um, we were thinking about which is really sounds kind of weird i in my head had a home um, in my head not necessarily a condo although we would have looked at a condo uh, but but Julia, in her mind, was like a one or two bedroom condo that everything is kind of taken care of. You don't have to worry about plowing. Uh, and so to answer your question, it, it is pretty similar if you've bought and sold a house before. It, it follows the same path. Um, but for us, we had kind of had a gut feeling of like what we wanted a mountain vacation home to feel like when you walked in. So it can't really look like... You know, we have a lot of Cape Cods in New England, so it couldn't look like a standard Cape Cod, low ceilings, you know, basic kitchen. It, it, for us, it needed to have vaulted, some vaulted ceilings, a fireplace, a decent, you know, yard for a fire pit or a hot tub, um, maybe a game room that you could put in the basement. So, so, you know, at one point, and again, it was probably six months after the seed of the idea, um, I was on Facebook, And I saw a realtor um, advertising a home up here, and it looked decent. You know, it, I don't know, it didn't, it looked like a potential. It was very cheap, and it looked like it had potential. So I reached out to that realtor, and I remember I was in the grocery store parking lot talking to her, and this realtor is very well established up here, and she doesn't even deal with buyers. So she's so well established that all she does is list houses for sale. Wow. Um, yeah. So so she said to me, "Who do you want? Do you want the hungry kind of new realtor that's really aggressive and wants you know wants to build a business for herself, or do you want the number one agent for the last twelve months up here?" And I don't know. I like the underdog, so I picked that hungry mm-hmm. agent, and we she made the connection for us, and that's kind of how it all started. So it's the same kind of process of of finding a primary residence for us as it was to find a vacation home.
1: Cool. Um, so then I, it's cool that you had this vision of your Airbnb or your vacation rental before you even bought it. Um, I think one of the things we're going to talk about in this podcast is kind of knowing your brand almost, but as a house, so the design, uh, the scheme of the house, um, and the fact that you were already thinking about this before you even purchased a property, shows that you are in the right mindset for success um, so you bought the house and then did you have to do any work to get it to the point that you wanted
0: so the, f- the first one we bought was um and we have bought we've bought a second one so that's why I'm saying the first one and we'll link to the to the um to the specific house so you guys that are listening can actually see it and feel it so um this house was um was a two unit property. It was an illegal basement apartment and then an upstairs. And they had recently done a ton of work on the upstairs. They put new laminate flooring in. I think they got new furniture, new carpets upstairs <clears throat> um, and in the and you know, I think they did some remodeling in the kitchen, but um so we didn't really have to do anything to launch it other than clean it. Um, put some new blinds in, that kind of stuff. So we were fortunate. Uh we didn't have to paint. We had to do a little decorating because we didn't love the way it looked and we wanted to to look a certain way. Um, you know, whether it was like putting some old-time skis to the right of the fireplace, a little sled when you walked in the front door. We did end up painting the initial hallway. I put a lock on the front front door that's an automatic entry lock. Um, and then the basement, we shut it down and um we were going to turn it into a game room and I thought we would do it in less than 90 days. Well, I think it's been, uh, it's been over a year and a half and we haven't (laughs) finished it yet. Uh, So.
1: Yeah. For me, I'm such a perfectionist. How did you know you were at the point where you can list it? I feel like I would just keep going and keep decorating and keep making it perfect. And I would struggle to list it.
0: That's a great question. I think like, so we closed on a Monday, and i think 72 hours later we listed it wow and um you know we just kind of knew you know <clears throat> and um i think i had um i really wanted it to list i felt like up up here where we are the summer is the very uh, busiest season um and then it's fall we have leaf peeping the, the leaves turn it's beautiful up here and then you go into ski season so we we actually i think um we bought it well we listed it somewhere in the middle of october so we had kind of missed the summer and missed most of the fall and i was like you know i don't want to i don't want to not get bookings for for the ski season so um i kind of lit a fire under both of us and we probably worked you know three straight very long days um to get it ready
1: so then you listed it and how long did it take to get your first guest
0: yeah, I think the first three bookings came within 24 hours. That must um, have been exciting. Yeah, it was crazy exciting. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, and then, and then what happens is the the you kind of freak, I did anyway, maybe not everybody, <laughs> but I kind of freaked out. You know, I kind of was like, oh my gosh, now we have to deliver this experience that and 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 are we going to get a five-star? Did we do everything right? Back to your point, you know, did we rush it? Um, you know, did we, you know, and then, and, you know, my crazy mind, I'm like, oh, are they going to leave? You know, will they leave? Will I have to evict? Because I'm like, Would they? What, does a guest just stay and you'd have to kick them out? Luckily, that's never happened to us. Um, but these kind of thoughts went through my head. And, you know, we had a ring on the front door. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure... Uh, Back then, uh, I was watching every move that the ring, every time the ring went off, I was watching it. I don't do that anymore. We have too many properties to do that with. But back then, I remember the end of this guest visit, um, I watched them sweep the front stairs and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no way. This guest is gonna leave our house a mess if he's worried about the sand on the outside front steps. So I, I remember calling Julia, 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 he's sweeping the front steps. And uh, sure enough, he was a fabulous guest. We walked in after he left and checked on the property and he had left us a handwritten note. And you know, right then and there, I think we both looked at each other and said, yeah, this is what we wanted to do. Um, and I think honestly, feel like something we've, we probably have been groomed for our whole lives. Now with that said, I will say this. I totally believe in my heart that anyone can do this. Anyone could probably in any part of the country repeat what we did here and have success. I don't know if they'd have the same um really, you know, geography does play play a role, but I do believe that if you put the work in and you you know, you take the time to learn Uh, you you can repeat what we've done up here. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, to that point, we're nothing special. They did have a lot of hospitality background, but it's pretty common sense. You just need to know how to please people. Um, So did you have any moments of doubts? I know you said that you were afraid they were gonna leave and you were afraid that they weren't gonna treat the house well. Was there anything else lingering in your brain?
0: Yeah, I think I think the other thing was, you know, how how are they going to review us? You know, like, w- yeah. would we get a five-star review? And, and at that point, I knew, like, if you don't get a five-star review on Airbnb, um, you know, you're doomed. A four yeah. is not good enough. So did we do everything leading into it, leading into the guest visit, during the guest visit, and then even, you know, after the guest visit? And I know we're going to break all that down at some point, whether not this podcast, but down the road. Um, But, you know, I was worried about that because I know, again, by doing the research, it's super important if you're just on Airbnb, they need to be a super host.
1: Yeah. Just so anyone who doesn't know about super hosts know, um, Airbnb, your ranking on the listings when people do a search for the location is... um, Boosted if you're a super host and if you have other qualifications about your listing So if you're just starting out that is your number one priority is to get the super host status Can I
0: add one thing to that? I, yeah. would, I would also say that a lot of guests um, When they're looking for a place to say will use use the filter that can filter Properties just for a super host and you know think about it um, If 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 you were to stay in a place wouldn't you stay with someone that was successful at hosting? I would probably yeah. say yes.
1: I was going to say from my end, I have stayed in a lot of Airbnbs and I look at really three things. I one look at the pictures and make sure they're not sketchy. I two make sure they're, they've had lots of reviews because you are staying at someone's house. So I always was afraid that, you know, my anxiety brain would be like, oh my God, I'm going to get trapped in this house, get murdered or something. Um, so the super host and like lots of reviews was always something I looked out for. So it's definitely important.
0: I agree, and let me let me just um, say this too. While I'm thinking of it, uh, this podcast is not an Airbnb podcast, and I, I I I say that because right now, you know, we're doing things uh, to get direct bookings. You know, we're on multiple listing sites, not just Airbnb, but Airbnb was was our foundation, and you know, they're a major player. And you'll hear some podcasts say, oh, no, don't do Airbnb, you know, get all direct bookings. Um, And I don't agree with that at all. Um, But I don't agree with just putting all your eggs in one basket either. I think it's very important to understand how to get direct bookings on your own site. Um, And we're going to get into all of that down the road. So I just thought I'd say that now.
1: Yeah, that's a good clarification. You know, you don't want to have just one single stream of income diversifying. That isn't super important for success. Um, so at this point you have one house and I know you, you weren't living in North Conway at this time. So how are you kind of strategizing, turning the house over for new guests and kind of monitor, what's the word, monitoring, um, the guests while you were still far away?
0: Yeah. So, you know, from, from a, well, from a, just let's just go to cleanings, you know, cause I think that's probably number one, you know, Julia made a commitment that she would drive here. It was two and a half hours each way. And she was, I'm going to clean it. I want to own it. And that's what she did. But pretty quickly, you know, I could kind of see that was going to take a toll on her. Um, it's, a, you know, five hours in a car um, is a to lot. To clean. <laughs> to clean is a lot of driving. Um, you know, and, and back you know, when we first started you think about it daylight savings was about to hit so now it's getting dark at four o'clock and now she's driving in the dark so you know we pretty quickly decided we need to find cleaners um but that probably didn't happen for a, for a good few months i don't remember the timing on it all Let me think it was yeah it was probably three to six months of her just cleaning it you know and then the communication side you know i i op- I, I launched with software um which we we'll, we can get into down the road, um, and I've had many software software. I could tell like three stories right off the bat about software, like mistakes I made and the good That's things that are going for on. for
1: another episode. Yes, so. um, yeah. So it was getting hard to manage that were you only accepting like one week bookings or one guest per week kind of thing
0: no we, we were allowing we definitely weren't doing one night stays like we do now and i'll explain down the road again I'm, I'm sorry to like say like all this is coming but
1: it's a little teaser
0: yeah one night stay is something that we do now and we do it in a very specific way um and very specific criteria but, but f- so we had three night uh, two night minimum not a three night but um I was going to say, so yeah, let me just tell a quick story. I remember one, like first 10 guests, um, somewhere in there, um, we got reached out to that the hot hot water in the shower wasn't getting hot enough. And, you know, honestly, I didn't believe them. I thought like, there's no way because we were just there the day before and the water seemed fine. Um, But Julia's like, I got to, and I was away working, so I wasn't even around. And Julia's like, I got to go up there. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You need to. You know, We didn't have uh, we didn't have a handyman in place. We didn't have a contact person in place. So she drove up there and um, we called our propane company because everything's on propane up here. So we called White Mountain Propane and we got them to meet her out there because it could be a propane issue. And sure enough, um, w- w- troubleshooting it, we finally realized that it had tripped the breaker where it was actually plugged into the wall. Um, and that fixed it, but, and then we made a decision to put a new hot water tank anyway. in. but, um, so we, we kind of scheduled that, but that just to give you, just to answer your question, you know, we were, we were responding, we were working in our business, um, even more so than on our business at that point in our, our short, short life as a host.
1: Yeah. Um, so That got pretty old pretty quick, but you did buy a second property while still living two and a half hours away. What made you decide to do that?
0: Yeah, I think it's just the success of the first one. You know, the first one really took off Um, and we made a lot of mistakes, um, you know, in the first six to 12 months of that first one. Um, But we had enough success that realized like, huh, we got two or three of these, um, we we might be able to, to... to go live up there potentially and retire a lot sooner than we thought. Um, so, yeah, we decided to buy a second one. You know, we were lucky and fortunate enough and blessed enough to have the financial means to do that. And pulled some money out of out of the stock market and use that to purchase our second home, um, which was a very different experience than the first one.
1: Okay, so you have now have two vacation rental properties that you own. And it was at this point where you decided to move up to the North Conway area full time?
0: No, not exactly. So <laughs> we decided that um, we, we, through a, um, Julia's sister, we found a couple cleaners um that were already living up here um, that we trusted and could rely on so they started to clean our first one at that point and then is kind of what triggered like hey i think we could get another one up here um so after purchasing the second one which is a completely different and probably not go into detail on this podcast but we had to rehab pretty much the whole thing um and decorate it and had no furniture in it whatsoever so um Then after, so then we launched that one um, and it was probably a while after that, even six months after that, before we even really started to talk about moving up here and that this is really what we wanted to do full time. Um, But with that said, I did buy my URL. So in the back recesses of my mind, I thought about managing other people's properties up here um, and growing this as a as a business. So I bought the URL that I thought we could potentially launch, um, you know, our our own company, just in case I wanted to launch my own company. At that point, I really didn't. It was just kind of like the seed of the whole thing starting, I think.
1: Yeah. When you did start deciding to move up here, were you deciding to move based on the intention to start the business or because you just wanted to live here?
0: Yeah, I think it was both. I think making multiple trips up here and spending time up here really re-triggered the old memories that we had of like, wow, I really wanted to live here probably my whole life. And, you know, work and life took us in many different directions and many places to live. Uh, We've lived in quite a few houses. We weren't in a house for 30 years. We were in five or six or even seven houses. So... You know, I think when, when we started to really feel how it felt up here um, again and experienced all that this this area has to offer, we were kind of like smitten with it. And we we're like, this is where I want to end up living the rest of my life. So that started to trigger of like, hey well, let's we kind of started casually looking at houses um, to purchase and um, started that process.
1: Um, did you, were you thinking of just retiring and moving up here to, you know, do your dream life when you hike all day, you get to run wherever you want go skiing, or was it kind of like, did you, I know you kept your, you didn't retire from your job yet at this point, so did you think I could manage it? full time doing your job, plus these rentals, plus maybe starting a business?
0: Yeah. So I don't think even when we moved up here that first of all, we had no clients. So I I was really unsure, like my website idea was going to work we weren't advertising for it. We weren't really throwing ourselves out there. We, you know, I was in a couple of message boards up here and I would be like, yeah, I'm looking to manage properties, but not really, you know, I wasn't really throwing it out there. So at that point, I do think I thought, you know, still 10 years away from retiring. Um, and you know, my, my thought was we kind of had it on lockdown, you know, messaging was working really well. The cleaners were working really well. Um, you know, Julia could manage it because she was up here and she didn't have to travel back and forth. So it made a ton of sense um, that we could kind of go along like this for a while. Um, but then everything changed in an instant when we got the first email off our email hit off of our website. Ooh. And that wasn't <laughs> a crazy exciting. I remember that. I think I called you right away.
1: Yeah, you did. So the website was called North Conway Property Management. So our thinking was, oh, if someone is looking for a property manager for their short-term rental business or their sh- vacation rental up here, they're probably going to Google North Conway Property Management, which is what we think made the website so successful at bringing us leads. Um, so when you got your first email, like, did you you didn't have a strategy yet, right? You weren't even expecting to take clients on. Or at that point, had you started to place feelers out there?
0: Yeah, no, we didn't really have a strategy yet. And um, this is right around when COVID hit. So, you know, up here, vacation rentals got shut down for a while. Um, We couldn't rent out our places. And it was right around June um, into July that that all started to come back. And I think a little bit of a perfect storm where a lot of owners up here lost their cleaning teams. Um, some were frustrated with their 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 management companies. There was a whole widespread, but I would say most of the people that were reaching out to us, um, and we'll get to how many that and how fast that happened, but I think most of them were reaching out to us like, hey, I need a cleaner like tomorrow. I need one in 48 hours. What can you do? um but yeah at that point you know we we had thought through you know obviously we we got the first call or the email and within 48 hours we're in this person's condo and we were doing a tour and we were talking about ourselves and you know i was nervous and you know julia was with me and you know we knew enough about being successful because we were super host you know already and had many guest stays and had never had less than a five-star review, um, and you know everything was was working well. So we knew we could do it, uh, but we still lacked the confidence because we didn't have anyone yet. What's interesting for everyone listening is that that client said yes, but they never came on board.
1: Yeah, that so, is a super weird story. Yeah. Um, Just to clarify. So your business model, when you first started was to have your own vacation rental property, and then that turned into having two properties. And then when you got up here, you decided to start being a property manager, which means you basically co hosted other people's vacation properties, and you handled all the messaging, the bookings and the cleanings. Um, What made you how do you even know that this was a thing? Like how could, how do you even get this idea to be a property manager?
0: Well, I mean, I listened to, like I said at the beginning, you know, when I did my research and listened to so many podcasts, YouTube videos, you know, there's rental arbitrage out there, which is a whole different thing than what we're talking about. But I knew there was a model out there. i listened to enough successful stories. Julian Sage um, is probably the number one podcast that I listened to. His success story podcast was one after another of hearing people be successful doing what we were about to do. Um, so I you know I knew we could do it and I we already had the experience of seeing it be successful in our own two properties. so I knew you know I knew like this is something we could probably grow now I did not think that it was going to take off as fast as it did um, pretty much over over, night, um, we went from the two to 10.
1: Yeah, I I just remember, because this is kind of where my role comes into the business, is I remember in June, I asked you or maybe we were just talking about our goals. And you said, I want to have, I think it was what, six clients by the end of the month, or maybe it was by the end of summer, it was a super long period of time. And then by the end of the month, you had 10. And it was like, inquiries were just flooding in. Um, So where I kind of came in was I was helping him as a assistant to manage these inquiries, kind of onboard clients and assist with all the cleaning. Because at that point we had those cleaners that were helping with Forbes or the first property that you purchased, but we didn't really have a cleaning team yet. So it was kind of all hands on deck. I was cleaning, my mom was cleaning, my dad was cleaning, we're all kind of just doing it just to keep up with the business. Um, Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, what's interesting about that is like those original cleaners don't clean for us anymore. You know, we have a completely different team. Um, We have a completely different strategy for cleanings. Um, We have, you know, we always had a 54 point cleaning checklist pretty much from, not from the beginning, but quickly afterwards we do, we developed that. but you know we have a walkthrough specialist, we have co- we have um we have a team leader uh, position that we created that you you helped create mm-hmm. and model. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of things that kind of came that we put in place really fast and I I I didn't think these up. you know I, I heard them on different podcasts. I heard how people were using different softwares um all that all that stuff was something i pulled from listening and listening and learning you know so now i didn't i don't i didn't like someone came up with like oh a team leader position she called it something different i can't remember what she called it and i didn't use exactly what she said but it triggered that idea of like huh that might be a good idea to help us grow so so yeah and and, you know you asked like so my my you know my plan For my life was never to retire. You know, my plan for my life was to do what I what I to find joy. So like I never feel like I'm working. And that's really what we found by doing what we're doing now. It's like I wake up like today's Monday, right? I don't even know what day. Yeah, it's Monday. So Monday, you know, like God, God, people hate Mondays. I couldn't wait till today happened because I knew we were doing this. And this is exciting. So, you know. Yeah, do I want to ski every day that I can? I'm going to ski. That's going to be my that's my goal. Other than growing this great beard I'm growing, um, <laughs> my goal is to ski um, as many times as I can this winter. At yeah. least, even if it's just an hour.
1: And the cool thing about the way you've grown your business is that your work hours are pretty much between the hours of 11 and four every day, because that's when our flips happen. That's when guests check out and then new guests come in. Um, so to kind of go in, the team leader position was made up to kind of be a second you. So basically my role is I manage, I have three properties now that I manage for him and I make all the messages or I respond all the messages. I you know oversee the bookings and I oversee the cleanings. Um, so it's kind of just an extra pair of hands to help with the volume of of clients that he's gotten. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and
0: you know what? With what I'll say to that is, our strategy to grow is 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 to create more team leaders. Yeah, you know, so you know there was the we did pause our growth for a bit because summer was insane, and when we went to ten overnight, um, it did cause some strain to our systems, um, and now. You know being uh, we're at at 21 now and now there there isn't what's funny is from 10 to 20 the strain was not the same it was a lot less because we grew so fast i think it caused us to do certain things that created uh our path to get to 20. now what's cool about this is that we're going to go to 30 next and you all are gonna come on that journey with us. And I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Like we might find at twenty four, all the shit hits the fan. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, at or, or it doesn't, you know, because what we have done all you know is is going well. So yeah, we're gonna talk about the team leader position um down the road too, um, on how that works in more detail, but it's working right now for us.
1: Yeah, and being a property manager is essentially being a co-host. And so if you don't have tons of capital to invest in a property that you own outright by yourself, you could always co-host with someone else. So, you know, if you have a friend that's thinking about this, you can go in on a property together. Or if um, someone you know owns a property and they need help managing their vacation rental, you can take over as that. So you don't need tons of capital to be successful in the vacation rental industry. Um, So, On that note, what would your advice be to someone who is just starting their journey?
0: Yeah, so there's three things that I think that I would do differently from the get-go. And one is I would go to a pricing software right off the bat. What does
1: a pricing software do?
0: So it basically automates your prices by day, it know it should know like the we use Price Labs um, and we'll put a link to our pri- Price Labs uh, referral code. You know we get like a small amount of money for it, but uh, you also get a small amount of money um, to sign up. And it it and I I've used multiple um, pricing softwares before I landed on them. And what I was doing prior to Price Labs is. And I'm not kidding. Every single day I would go in and I would manage pricing by the day, by the property. <clears throat> so as soon as we started taking off, I could do it for two, no problem. But what I will say is this, knowing what I know now about them is we made a lot less money than we should have. Because... Price Labs knows when every school vacation is up here, when the peak season is, when the peak weekend is. And you just put some parameters in there and it'll price it accordingly. And it can maximize uh, your occupancy, but it can also maximize your revenue per visit. So I thought I was good at it until I saw this thing in action and I was like, oh my gosh.
1: And that's important to change your prices every day because of the algorithm on Airbnb and VRBO and all those OTAs. Or is there other factors that it helps with?
0: Yeah, exactly. It 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 definitely helps you boost your uh, um your your listing on all of those sites. But it also helps you uh, drive occupancy up um, at the highest possible. Sweet spot of a price, so you know you might you might think like, okay, I can just put two fifty in or one fifty, whatever number you want, put it in for thirty days, or just leave it the same. Um, well, that's going to cause certain times your pricing not to be high enough, and not and certain times your price might not be low enough. So if if you go you know five days without a booking, you just lost whatever dollar amount that could be, because you right. maybe you're priced too high. Or you might oh, you might be 100% booked, but you're not getting the revenue you should be getting because you priced it too low. So Price Labs definitely helps to uh, manage that for you. And the other thing it does is it, it a lot, so if we get a booking that orphans a day, so you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday books, Thursday's vacant, Friday, Saturday, Sunday books. Well, there's, a, There's something you can do inside Price Labs where you can take that Orphan Day, that Thursday, and normally maybe you have a two or three day minimum stay. Well, you can decide, like, I'm going to book Thursday at a 20 percent premium and you're also going to get a cleaning fee. So the way we have it set up is that Orphan Day will drive the maximum possible price that we can get. Um, to offset the risk, you know, up here, we're lucky, you know, we're not in Philadelphia or Boston, where the people are going to rent a place and have a party. Um, I don't find that that's happening up here. So it kind of alleviated a lot of the pressure to do it. But also we wanted to make sure we got the maximum revenue to offset that risk of having a one night stay.
1: That's cool. So that was just one of the things that you would do differently. What, what about the other? Yeah. Two? So the other one is
0: another software that I would immediately do and it's called StayFi. And we'll have a link to that too. And-
1: What does StayFi so do? So
0: what StayFi does is it takes your internet of your home and it turns into, if anyone's ever stayed at any hotel, the Hilton or uh, Hampton Inn, any hotel, you to use their internet, you have to give them your email address. So when people come and stay at our property to use our internet, they just have to give us their email address. So picture this, we have a house that's that sleeps 10 it sleeps multiple families. Every single person in that in that property has to give me their email address to, um, to use the internet. Now, do, could they share it? Of course they could. But what that does is now we have, you know, in two short months, we were over 300 email addresses. Airbnb does not give out email address. They want that data for themselves for a reason. They don't want to they don't want you to direct book, so yeah,
1: because you can direct an email list or an email. Correct.
0: So that that ties to Mailchimp, which to, is yeah, yeah, which is an email um, responder. That um, you know, stayfi helped helped us set up a marketing plan for it. Um, and now, let's say, for example, someone stays in the winter, but they've never been here in the summer. A lot of people think people just come here to ski not realizing like there's so much fun things to do in the summer. So we can send out a responder to those guests that are, that we have email addresses for, giving them a 10% off or whatever. You know, we can do whatever we want. So, yeah. so yeah. then you get
1: more direct bookings and you ultimately get more money because you're avoiding those fees that the OTAs charge you.
0: Yeah, and, it, and, it, yeah, and that's super critical. But more critical is... You don't have all your eggs in one basket. You know, so yeah. if you know, there's rumors right now that Airbnb is gonna to go to a fifteen percent charge. They're already doing it in Europe and it's gonna hit the owner and they're gonna take all guest fees away. Which, you know, we could sit here and argue good, bad, or indifferent on what that policy is. But guess who had no choice on that policy? We didn't, and neither did any other host. So might be a good thing. Who knows? I'm sure they have very smart people working on that. And maybe, maybe it's gonna pay off huge and in, in bookings and guests feeling better about booking because the price doesn't show all those fees. And that might be true. But I I don't I don't want all my eggs in one basket. You know, you hear all the time like hosts got kicked off of a site for whatever reason. Um, some good, some bad. But I don't, you know, if someone shut down my account, I don't want to be um, a one you know, one horse show. I want I want people to be able to book uh, directly or go to another OTA. Yeah. So that's um, number two.
1: And then you have a third one, right?
0: And the third one, and I, I think we talked about already and that's the what if strategy, you Yeah. Know? And I think we are, I, I would definitely put on pencil, just like I did from the beginning, like Hannah said, I had a goal of getting the six by January 1st. Well, here we are in um, November 2020 Third, right, twenty, yeah, twenty third, and we're at twenty one properties, so we crushed that goal. So now, you know, what's cool about right now is that we're leading into January first, New Year's. Everyone makes new goals for the new year, so perfect time to write your white up strategies for your business right now.
1: Yeah. So, if you just had to say like one sentence of advice to someone who's thinking about this, what would it be?
0: Go for it. You can do it. Just make sure you are prepared to, you know, do the work, um, to study, to learn, uh, but you should go for it. And I would go for it as soon as possible. And I would not be paralyzed by, by, by fear or your insecurities. I would, I would, be energized by the gifts that you have because everyone has different gifts and you just need to use them and then if you you know there's certain things you don't do well, then you find someone that can fill the gap for you.
1: I love it. Wow, so what an amazing story. I'm so glad that I got to sit down and interview you um, because I've been around for every part of the story but I've never really listened to the full experience because, um, you know, I'm, I was doing my own thing. Um, so it's good to hear exactly what it is and what happened. Do you have any last things you'd like to add?
0: I just had a ton of fun. That was went by so fast. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And if you did, you know, don't forget to give us a five-star review, just like you would at an Airbnb uh, visit. It means a lot to us. And we really do hope that we can bring a ton of value uh, every single time we do this. Um, so I'm super yeah. excited for the next one already.
1: Yeah, the next one that we have planned is the four ways or the four things you need to become a super host on Airbnb. We're gonna be breaking it down to you for you. really simple. Um, and yeah, you're gonna learn a lot. Um, so you did mention in passing that you were featured on another podcast. So do you have that podcast episode that for our listeners, if they want to listen to more of you?
0: Yeah, so I was featured on Julian Sage's short-term uh, rental success stories, and I don't see the number, but it was July second, and it was from two to ten Airbnb properties in one month by co-hosting. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. You might pick up a couple things that I didn't say today. So.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Superhost Unveiled podcast. We hope that you are left feeling inspired and ready to dive into the world of vacation rentals. Um, come visit us on Instagram. We are at Superhost Unveiled. And let us know that you listened. And then, of course, like my dad said, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share our podcast with a friend to help our podcast grow. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.